Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. My name is Jack London. I have a special guest on today. Christy Vaccaro, the owner of Fit LV Fitness, uh, LV being Las Vegas, on today. And she's going to introduce herself, talk about her business. And we're going to talk about the A-type woman today. It is a common theme we deal with in Dad's Starting Over. With a lot of guys married to A-type women, and they struggle to lead in the relationship and get her to kind of turn that down a little bit at home and calm down about things and be a little more feminine and loving and kind and things like that. Not be so fucking domineering, just chill a little bit. And we're going to talk about that today and have a good time with it. Christy, take it away. Introduce yourself uh, to the dad starting over world. Hello, everyone. My name is Christy Vaccaro. I am the owner of Fit LV Fitness and Nutrition. I am also a wife, a mother. I have two boys, three and almost five. And I'm also the sister of Mr. Jack London. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, you got to be related to this fucking guy. <laughs> oh, boy. So we'll kind of, uh, I'll, I'll kind of give my, my take on my outward impression of Christy and her husband and their marriage and things like that. First off, I love my brother-in-law to death. He is a phenomenal dude. He is a, a fucking man's man. Uh, I think he and I were born in the wrong century. He should have a battle axe and I should have a couple of swords. We, we've never talked about which Ninja Turtles we are, I don't think. That's probably a good Christmas topic of conversation. But a great A-type dude, a man of great character, collegiate football player. You know, he has personal security and bodyguard experience. He is just a good all-around guy. And now he's a realtor in Las Vegas and fucking cleaning up out there, uh, doing a great job. And my sister, Christy, very feminine, very kind, but also the polarity of very, very driven. She's an entrepreneur and she's been kicking ass and taking names for a long time in the fitness world. But, you know, even as uh, driven as she is, uh, she is 
has a very kind and feminine spirit, which I always really put a premium on with women. And I, I guess you can say, hey, fuck you, Jack. I don't, I don't care what you think. That's fine. You don't have to. But from my personal perspective, I always really appreciate uh, the polarity, the yin and yang that very feminine women create when they're with uh, masculine men. So, and you guys have a beautiful marriage. You, you can tell outwardly, you can pick those couples out. And my brother-in-law and my sister, Christy, definitely have that marriage. I believe most people would uh, call them a power couple and things like that. They're great parents. Um, Steve is an awesome dad. He, you know, is everywhere and they compliment each other, you know, in their parenting and they talk about things and I've watched them fight a couple times too. And, and it's, uh, it's good entertainment. I didn't, it ended so quick. I didn't even have time to pop popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my kind of outward. Uh, so I'm, I'm a fan, Christy. And, and you know, you. Tell, your, tell your husband, fist pump, man. Maybe we'll have you, you guys both on sometime. That, that'd be neat uh, if we can do that. When you're talking about the Ninja Turtle thing, he, uh, he requested to be, um, I don't know if you've heard of the video game, God of War. Oh, but, but there's this looks like that guy that's yeah, that's his thing. And so, um, yeah, that's his, his superhero character for now. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, we'll, we'll chat about it at uh, Christmas, but I kind of want to, segue into the A-type woman. So here's the common scenario, Christy, that we, we see very often in the DSO world. You know, there's a, quite a few men in our group. They're married to an A-type woman. Uh, the women tend to earn a good deal of money, and sometimes they even make more money than their husbands. Uh, the common issues that we see are the wives are openly combative, argumentative, show a disdain or lack of respect towards their husbands. And the men, it, as a, a result, they, they begin to be like, man, you're kind of an asshole, you know, and I'm not really attracted to you. You know, I wish you'd be more feminine and, and let go and, and let me take control of things. So what are your kind of thoughts on where the mind of the A-type woman is? And kind of break that. Uh, let me you know, cut your brain cranium open real quick and let us take a peek inside. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go over, I did a little bit of, of research into the, the definitions, right. Of, of these different personality types. And, oh, and by definition, right. the type a is outgoing, ambitious, organized, status, conscious, impatient, anxious, proactive and concerned with time, man time management. So some of those traits, you know, by definition, you would say are really positive, outgoing, ambitious, organized. But I think the problems come when some of those traits are, are taken to the extreme. And for me, at least, the impatient, the anxious, those are the types of um, traits that get me hemmed up in my own life. Um, and then also the, the, the workaholic that that thought that all A types are just workaholics and all they do is work. Um, that's another one where I have taken a step back. And, and I think actually 
at least in my world, a lot of high achievers are realizing that being on the constant grind and working all the time isn't actually success. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be more successful. That just kind of means that you suck at time management um, and that maybe your priorities are out of, out of, you know, alignment. Um, And so, you know, at least for me, acknowledging what the traits are in my personality um, and then doing self-improvement to soften some of the edges of the traits that would cause my life, you know, more harm than good. Well, you hit on a couple of uh, points that, that I'd like to kind of expand on. Um, my wife has anxiety. Oh my God, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard that. It, 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 women are just by nature a little more anxious than men. And that's okay. You know, it, it, you have to understand that going into it as a man and say, hey, babe, every, everything's going to be all, all right. Here's the plan, okay? You know, and, and then we, we, you know, go forth and conquer, you know, and, and do our thing. Um, yeah, and, and I think a lot of women, they find out, and, and I want to clarify, when you're talking about women, um, you know, highly successful women, are you talking about women in the fitness industry that you're in or women uh in general oh uh, high owners and things like that um so in general so when i think about the um successful women in my circle or just the successful people in my circle um you know my my direct circle has um you know a, a successful therapist and life coach um some different doctors um lawyers just it, no, no matter the, the, the career, I'm really the only fitness um, professional in my circle. Everyone else has just a different, completely different avenue of success. Uh, having a, a personal career drive is historically a more masculine trait and role in our society. How do you personally balance your drive, traditional femininity, and letting your husband lead? Um, I would say we have the same end goal. So, you know, he and I, when we, when we first got together, he was, um, in private security for, uh, different celebrities and musicians. Um, and I was into fitness. So we both had completely separate, you know, careers. And when we came together, um, as, as things progressed and we realized we were going to be spending our lives together, um, we talked about things and we talked about like, what a, what a, you know, down the road, what a successful future look like dreams, aspirations, kind of that like vision boarding thing to see. So you mapped out your life. Yeah. And, and I think you have to kind of map out where you want to go and then work backwards from that. And so with us both having, you know, the same, same goals of, buying a house and doing some traveling and having money in the paying off debt, having money in the bank to, for financial freedom to eventually have investment properties. Just, I mean, I could run the list of all of the different things, but the, the important part is, is that we both have the same end goal, which allows us to, um, encourage each other's profession. Steve knows when I'm crushing it at work that that's going to work towards our end goal. And there's, um, you know, it allowed him 
to take a step out of personal security, which brought a great income, he quit his job for our goal of more together time and to fulfill this um, family and home life that was one of our goals, but it required him to quit a job, a very high paying successful job and start back over from scratch. So in that moment, I picked up the slack and worked my butt off and then he built up his career. And it, it, for us, it's always been kind of this teeter totter of, Hey, you want to go and, and study more and learn this new trade? Okay, go do that. I got this. And then, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on raising the babies in the early stages. And I got a, you know, a kid strapped to my boob 24 seven, you go to work more. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there has to be this ebb and flow. Well, I think you hit on a, and knowing your husband's uh, line of work and knowing the man he is, that there's a one scenario where I think that can go incredibly bad. And I, I see this quite a bit too, you know, uh, so given your scenario, uh, you, you guys goal was, uh, to get him from traveling internationally and get him, you know, home at night and, and all that type of stuff. So he could be there. He could, he could be more present and be a better father. I, I said that, right? Yeah. Okay. So the difference with her husband and I'm uh, talking to the, the listeners and everything where a lot of guys fuck this up is they quit their job uh, to for this goal, you know, that you, you and wifey talk about, but they don't put foot to ass to better themselves. That's where he got it right. He goes, takes the realtor test and goes in and just fucking crushes it. So now I, let me ask you this, Christy. Had Steve quit his very uh, high paying job and flopped, uh, fucking fumbled a bit. And, you know, how long would you have put up with that? Because we, we see that where guys struggle to, to do that. And now uh, the woman is the breadwinner. And by the way, she is the mom, you know, that maternal instinct kicks in. So she's doing everything with the kids too. How long do you think uh, you would have put up with that shit? Well, I think the, the important piece here for us, while I know it does uh, impact him to an extent that over the last couple years, I have been the breadwinner. Um, I think what works for us is that he's constantly learning and working to get better. I think there's a difference between like the, the who makes more money. And I know this is just kind of a, um, I don't know how literally you speak on it on who who is the breadwinner but for us because we have the same end goal like yeah it's honestly a little bit of like fun competition for us like every year i put a like a, a financial goal that i want to hit and he does the same and then i'm like hey where are you at with that goal because i know that at the end of the day like all that the money that we make collectively is working towards that end goal but it's fun to have a little bit of that like banter and competition amongst the two of us. But I would say it would, I wouldn't be able to continue to be attracted to him if he was a sloth and not continuing to read books and listen to podcasts and better himself and get out in the gym. It's for me, the attractiveness comes from just 
all around bettering himself, like mind, body, spirit and career wise. But I don't care if I make, you know, 50 or a hundred thousand dollars more than him a year. I care about all the other things and that he's working towards it. So I, I think one of the common denominators for the relationships that do work out and, and I did quite literally mean uh, there are uh, quite a few married couples where when the woman makes more than the man, it tends to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. And, and that, that's not exact. I mean, there, there are quite a few uh, podcasters in the, the arena uh, that dad's starting over is in. Suzanne Venker talks about it all the time, which I would highly recommend her for you too, uh, to put in your rotation. But where the woman makes more, she begins to lose respect for the man. But the common denominator that I've seen for the relationships where the woman out-earns the man, that man has a bunch of highly attractive X factors that, and you, you talked about them, you know, self-improvement, maintaining their physical fitness, a drive. They haven't hit their ceiling, their potential yet. You know, yeah. it's through the fucking clouds somewhere, Yeah. you know, and, and so let me ask you this, what X factors does your husband bring being that you're the, the breadwinner, you make more than he does. What does he bring to the table in the relationship that allows you to keep that respect for him? Um, I mean, I would say, what doesn't he bring? Like he, like I said, he continuously is working on bettering himself. Um, from a physical standpoint, he's continuing to grow his business. You know, the reason he, he can, he can make, so both of us can make as much money as we want. Like it depends on what we put into our businesses and he's still kind of learning the ropes of his business in real estate is, is a, a funny fickle business. And so yeah, it, it, it just depends on, you know, a lot of different factors as far as the success of his business, but he is an incredible father. Like he brings, um, he brings things to the, the parenting table that I do not have. One of which being like what, uh, uh patience. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the most patient. Like I, I can't even begin to, to explain his patience with the boys. I've seen it live. <laughs> it is unreal. Um, every single, like his father, my father, mom, like they're all like, I don't, I cannot believe his patience with the kids. Um, he's extremely patient. He does just everything around the house, you know, just as much as I do. And well, except for hand washing dishes, he won't do that. Um, but he's just, he's a great husband. He's, he's caring. He's considerate. Like, I don't know, he's, he's the total package and he's continuously um, trying to better himself. He's, he's not a, he's not a sloth. All right. So is it important to you for your husband to lead in your marriage, in your relationship? Um, elaborate on that. In what way? I mean, Lead so in, I'm a in firm believer in the most very feminine women want to be led in a relationship in the bedroom and, and like, don't make it weird. You're my sister. Like we're, we're not going to get into like deeply kinky shit here, but in the bedroom and, and, you know, just in the relationship, you know, leading the family through life, they're, they're leading the journey and 
everybody's going on. They're all in his world. What do you think about that? Um, so I don't know that, and it, I'm just going to speak on our, on our, in our marriage. So you can say whatever you want. If you disagree, you disagree. Yeah. I don't know that in our relationship, there is one end all be all leader. I think it depends on the season and what we have going on. Um, like I said, so when, when Steve and I first met, um, you know, I had just moved cross country from Illinois um, and was pretty much broke. And he had a very successful career. And when we first met, he essentially swooped me off my feet and was like, hey, you can move into my house. I am still traveling. Um, whatever you need, I got you. And he very much took on that like chivalrous like leadership role. Um, and, and at that moment, he was 100% leading. Um, and then as we, you know, as my career got built up a little bit, and then we had the discussion of, we want to buy a house, we want to settle down, we're going to have a kid, um, you know, and he quit his job, then I kind of took a little bit more of a leadership role on the career front. But then, you know, in the home, I think we're very uh, self-aware and also very aware of each other. Um, and if he's having a hard time uh, and it, I see him like getting towards the end of the rope, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know what? Go take a drive. Go do this. Do you need to like, you know, go out on a guy's night or whatever? And I'll take the leadership role in the house for the weekend or vice versa, like, he'll say, Hey, why don't you go do blah, 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 blah. And we have these, like, we, we are constantly communicating and kind of self-assessing where each other is at and, and able to go back on that teeter totter and, and take different roles. And when it comes to like, uh, let's say planning date nights and things, um, he, so my a type, I am, the planner and the organizer. And I am a bit of a control freak. And when, if, if we take his, his career, his old career of being personal security, executive protection, that's a very alpha career, but yeah. you have to take somewhat of a beta role as far as the easygoing, relaxed, highly flexible, carefree, because He's not in charge. The client is in charge. If his client wants to do this, this, and this, and Steve had already planned out the route into this for this plan, but now his client, the celebrity, wants to go fuck off and do something completely different, he has to be okay and easygoing and just say, okay, it's cool. Like, we'll, you know, I'll make it up on the fly. So Steve is very much a make it up on the fly, like easygoing with that sort of stuff. So I think that helps us out. Um, and the, he'll let me take the role in some of the like planning and stuff, but when it, it goes awry and like, it doesn't work out and I start to have this like stress, he can go, Hey, it's cool. Like, we'll, we'll make it work. Like blah, 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 blah. And then he'll take the role and figure out the plan B. He, he comes off as a very, uh, his leadership style is, is very much my own. I'm a big proponent of collaborative leadership meaning that 
I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to uh, brief it to uh, bounce it off, whatever. Use my wife as the, the sounding board. And she's like, hey, uh, I like this, that, and the other. Hey, that's fucking dumb, man. Uh, why don't we do this instead? And I think about it and I go, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. I, I like to get feedback from the people. And, and I do that professionally in the military, too. That is my favorite way to go. You get people's buy-in, people feel included, and but you're still driving the the ship, the train, so to speak, and making the decisions, but you're you're involving the people in your life or the people you're leading in that decision. It sounds like that very much is his style. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, there ha- you there has to be mutual respect, and I don't believe that one person should 100% lead or steamroll. Like, there just has to be... Oh, that's tyrannical. I agree with that. Yeah, there just has to be the end. For me, for us, like, the end goal is always the focus, and then working backwards with communication and respect and... Um, you know, being okay with, you know, you know, sharing some of the, the leadership and sharing some of the, the roles and, and knowing like who's good at what, and, you know, how can we work together to get to this end goal? And like, while maybe, you know, traditionally speaking, the, like, let's take um, this, the school pickups and drop-offs, for instance. So traditionally speaking, that might be a, the, the woman's job, right? The, the wife does the, the kid pick up and drop off and this and that while the, the man is at work all day. Well, lately I've had morning Zoom meetings and personal training clients and, and different things going on. And so he's been doing the pickups and drop-offs for school. And so while, you know, that may not fit the, the typical roles, that's what's working for us for right now. And we'll reassess in a month and see where no, we're at. Let me, let me speak to that for a little bit. And, and our, our organization, Dad's Starting Over, we, when we talk about things like that that need to be done in the family, that is an adult role. Right. You're an adult. Do it because it needs to get done. You know, my daughter, uh, you know, your, your niece went to a daycare on, on the installation that I work on. And I would take her every morning up until she went to kindergarten and pick her up every evening, every day without fail. Uh, I've picked up the boys from um, uh, school and things like that because it needed to get done. So I, I wanted to make uh, you haven't read the books or anything like that. I think you've got a, a good concept of what we do. But again, we're not about bringing the 1950s gender roles back. I'm going to hit you with a hardball one. Okay. Okay. But I, I think you'll like it. So one of the common things that we get, and I've heard this from a ton of women and uh, a lot of questions from men about it. Who leads in the bedroom? What do you, what do you, how does it work for you guys? I thought we were not talking about this. I'm not talking about specifics. I'm just oh. saying. Who initiation? How do, how does that whole thing go? You being an A type woman, him being an A type man, how how does this work out? Uh, it depends on how much tequila was involved. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing if there's tequila involved, it's probably you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I uh, I would say that a, a lot of times he he takes the role. Um, you know, this is actually funny. So um, when we first met, there was uh, a lot of I don't want to use the word insecurity on my part, but you know, we weren't each other's first. Um, and, and it oh was, my gosh, I'm shocked. It was, how it could was, you, it was a unique, it was a unique, uh, dynamic with us. And we really had to have a lot of communication because there were some things like he had made a comment about, um, he just wasn't a, a super fan of the woman being on top. And it was because of some lousy ex lovers. Um, but hmm. it, it, that comment that he threw out, like within the first month of us being together brought me a lot of insecurity. And so I was super insecure and I was like, Oh, well, okay. He doesn't like that. So it turned me into just kind of, you know, I'll say lazy and, and eventually I finally got up the courage and I, I say courage. Cause like sometimes talking about that stuff, you don't want to offend the other person. Like he kind of offended me. And so it took a lot of time before I finally said, Hey, I got to ask you about this because it's bothering me. And so we had a conversation about it and kind of learned what each other likes and discussed. And some people aren't able to discuss um, things of the past, but we're not like, Hey, what's your number? Or, Hey, who is that? But it, you can have a mature conversation about, Oh, you know, I've been, you know, jaded in this way or blah, 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 blah. I think you have to have a conversation. Um, but he probably is a little bit more in control. Like I said, unless I have more liquid courage and, and bust <laughs> out some freaky shit. You gotta, gotta make the, make me, uh, some, uh, kids to hang out with uh during christmas time somehow yeah <laughs> no he's fixed <laughs> yeah there you go well <laughs> one of the the themes that i've been getting with you that i really love and things that i talk about a lot in my podcast and zoom meetings and uh, within the dad starting over facebook group is effective communication you two do that extremely well it's been a theme from the start of this podcast, uh, you know, all through it, you're talking about effective communication where Steve is not whining and emoting and, uh, you know, verbally vomiting all over you. And you're not doing that to him. And you guys are getting shit done and talking about the real issues that, that you have. And the, the sex uh, conversation, you know, is a tough one because inherently, it's not that sexy. <laughs> it, it just isn't. It's kind of a tough one to navigate through. What do you think about that? That you guys communication and any advice on that? Um, so one of the biggest things that I have learned um, in my own self-development as far as communication goes is to slow down and also acknowledge your feelings and where they're coming from. And you can't put the blame of your feelings on someone else. The way that someone else makes you feel is not their problem, it's your problem. Yeah. And so taking ownership of your own feelings, and we have both had this conversation many times, and he's actually thrown it back at me because <laughs> I have told him in the past, like, hey, 
if, if blah, blah, blah made you feel that way, like those are your feelings and you have to figure that out. And then, so now he started saying it back to me, but it's a good, it's a good reminder. And when you can take ownership of your feelings and figure out why, why you're feeling that way, because typically it's not the instance at hand that's, that's causing the feelings. It's a buildup or maybe something in your childhood or your past relationships. But when you can nail that down as to why a certain circumstance or a certain conversation is making you feel some type of way, you, you get ownership back of your life and you have more effective communication. So we really slow down. Um, we don't do the name calling. We don't cuss at each other. Um, and that goes back to the respect. Um, and also Even after I, you've had a bunch of tequila. Well, so there was a time <laughs> when there was a time when I was specifically uh, postpartum and I'm sure every, every dad in this group um, remembers the postpartum hormone swings. They're a real thing. They are not to be used and abused as an excuse um, to abuse your spouse or your kids or anyone else, but they are a real thing. And so when that, when, when my hormones combined with alcohol, I had some crazy outbursts and turned into a complete psycho to the point where I stopped drinking for a while because I realized that I was using the alcohol as a, uh, coping mechanism. Yeah. And what I needed was a coping strategy and so that's when I really got into some of this personal development work because I, and Steve was starting to, to use alcohol. And then he started to use like, um, some, like the, the edibles, like the THC gummies yeah. and things like that, just so he could parent at night. And we had a conversation together and said, okay, at this point we are both using substance to just get through the night. And I don't want to be that parent. I don't want to be that wife. So we figured out some, some different, um, you know, coping strategies versus um, methods. And then we slowly reintroduced alcohol back in, but we, you know, drink in a different way now. And it's a much more controlled way that allows for healthy communication and respectful communication. We don't fight when we drink anymore. Uh, that's really good. And, and I wish a lot more women would really look to improve themselves because a, a lot of times, or it's very, a very common thing we also deal with where, you know, the guys in our group, they're, they're in their, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever they, they go on this huge self-improvement kick and the wife is just like, meh, you know, and then they're absolutely shocked when they're getting uh, handed divorce paperwork because, you know, the guy's like, I've fucking outgrown you. And you're you're choosing not to uh, jump on this uh, fast moving train of going next level and living life the right way. And I really like that you two both have that drive to be the best version of you. And, and I know that's cliche all every goddamn life coach probably uh jerks off to that line um but it, it, there's a lot of truth in it you know well let me uh shift gears here real quick this is another tough one uh probably we i think we're over the major hump here and that that wasn't too painful i think um what brings you and your husband into conflict and how do you work through it 
Well, this is going to shock you, but typically our conflict arises when uh, my stress. When you're talking about me? Yeah. My no. brother is such a dickhead. Um, <laughs> this is so typically it's when when my stress or anxiety gets the best of me and I speak at him instead of to him or vice versa that, you know, it's, it comes down to that respect factor. But when one of us is talking at the other person and I would say self-admittedly, it typically comes from me. Steve calls it um, me talking to him in work mode. And I'm sure you remember mm-hmm. when dad would come home from, you know, we'd, we'd make the joke. He's patrolling the hallways. Yeah. Like, I, I spend my days um, instructing people, telling them what to do, how to do it. Um, and, and there's not a lot of fluff. This is just what we're doing. This is the next movement. This is how it's done. And so I'm constantly talking at very people. direct. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very, very direct person. And I don't, I don't sugarcoat a lot of stuff. I don't add a lot of fluff. It's a waste of time in my opinion. Um, and so if I don't soften that or tone it down, um, it, it comes off very disrespectfully and it will create conflict, but we're able to quickly have that conversation. He will visibly and verbally be uh, annoyed and irritated. We'll have, you know, a quick riff and then say, I don't like to be told to apologize either. And for a while he was like, you know, you owe me an apology and I don't make my kids apologize because I feel like they need to figure out their what they did wrong on their own and come to that in conclusion. And I don't want to be told to apologize either. I'll apologize when I'm ready. When well, I have- there's nothing worse than getting an empty uh, yeah. apology because really it's a fuck you. Yeah, I don't. Go, yeah, go exactly. This is really what you're you're telling the other person. So kind of uh, talk me through the method that you and your husband use when you're coming off the rails a little bit. And he, he says, he is not a, a passive aggressive guy at all. How, how does he go about it? And then how do you, how do you guys navigate that, that conflict? Uh, um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna stop me and, and let me know that, Hey, you know, I don't like the way that you're speaking to me, blah, 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 blah. And I might, you know, snark off a little bit of something else. Like, for instance, I get, I get a little bit heated or irritated when I come home and I've been working, 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 and then I come home and then the sink is full of dishes. And then I instantly, you know, feel like I got to start doing the fucking dishes. And then I see that there's dog slobber all over the floor and I don't want to step through dogs. It just feels like there's just so much that still needs yeah. to be done. And so I kind of like lose it. Um, and so I, he will now, when that happens is he sitting on the couch taking a load off or is he you know going and engaging the boys or is he normally active like doing there's just more work than one person can do or um, what, so, what kind so, of leads up to that so it depends so steve and he will admit this and it might come to a surprise to you but he um he uses the phrase shut his brain off and he likes to watch movies and so there are times where he will be um he also can't like start a movie without finishing it and it doesn't have to be in one sitting but he'll start like 
we were watching man on fire, but he will start man on fire on Monday afternoon to shut his brain off for a mid afternoon relax. And then the next day, and then the next day, and it might be like three chunks out of three consecutive days. I don't sit my ass down. Like I literally told him the other day, if he got a Garmin, I would be shocked. I I think he would be shocked at our step comparison of how many fucking steps we get in a day. Cause I don't sit down. (laughs) Like I don't shut my brain off during the day. I shut my brain off when I sleep. And so that creates some conflict with us um, that he needs more like downtime, but I don't believe there is time during the day when there's a house to tend to blah, 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 blah. So a solution that has worked for us is to delegate some of the, the duties and, and household tasks out. So, okay. And how, how do you guys do that? And who kind of, uh, uh, plans that effort out? Well, um, we hired a cleaning lady that comes every Friday. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, that was a game changer for us. She does the toilets and the windows and the floors and all that shit. So, which I understand is a luxury that not everyone can afford, uh, but sure. we work our asses off so we can't afford that. Um, so we have a housekeeper that comes on Fridays to tidy up some of the, the daunting tasks, um, putting the kids in school a little bit earlier. Um, was a a game changer that um, alleviated a lot of stress for us. Um, You know, we have our cars cleaned once a month. Um, We make sure that we get date nights on the calendars um, that keeps our, you know, relationship refreshed. And then we, we discuss the days. So, oh, communication again. Hey, what do you got on the, the schedule tomorrow? Oh, I have a zoom meeting. And then I got to run across town and I have another meeting and this and this and this, what do you have going on? And then we figure out, okay, I just started a load of laundry. Can you flip it when I run out the door and it buzzes? Cause you're working from the office. And we just communicate everything that needs to get done. Like you said, these adult tasks that have to get done. Hey, I started a load of, uh, I, I ran the dishwasher last night. If you get a second, can you, can you flip it instead of, I think a lot of times relationships, the, the woman will sit around with their arms folded and be like, I'm just going to see how long it takes for him to notice that the laundry needs flipped. I'm not going to oh, wait yeah. around. I'm just going to say, Hey babe, will you flip the laundry for me? Cause I got a, I got three sessions in a row. I'm not going to have a chance to knock it out. And so there's, there's a lot of that, that I, I hear in women and that stubbornness that creates resentment. And instead of like sitting around and waiting, if you need something done, just ask. And it goes both ways. Yeah. And you hit on a couple of good points. So you talked about, uh, you know, uh, your husband's way of kind of going, going into himself and relaxing is watching movies and all that. And there's a couple of components with that. Men have this uncanny ability that most women do not have. They can retreat in their brain and literally be in a room by themselves in the attic of their brain, stare at the wall and do nothing. But that's actually therapeutic and doing something. You'll, you'll hear people talk about it as the, the man's nothing box. I don't think I've met the unicorn of a woman that has a nothing box. I'm sure they're out there, but I I have not come across this woman yet. And a a lot of women get really fucking irritated and 
I'm going to speculate, and there, there are a lot of behavioral psychologists that I will attest to this, that women get from a, a very caveman as, hey, uh, you know, you were out, you know, hunting, you know, saber-toothed cats. Now you're back here in the cave, and they kick them in the fucking balls, and they're like, hey, go get back out and kill more saber-toothed cats, man. Uh, you know, you, you have to fucking do something. And, and I think that is where that drive and, and also from a very literal perspective, there's two adults in the household and there's a myriad of things that need to be done. And watching a movie probably shouldn't be prioritized at the top, coupled with your husband probably does need a fucking minute to sit down and chill out. And I, I've written, and in fact, I talked about this today with guys, you know, guys that a lot of times the scenario is, uh, I go out, I work my job, my nine to five, uh, you know, kicking ass job. And then they pause in the driveway and they go, they mouth the words motherfucker. And because they know when they open that door, these little fucking kids are going to come crashing through the door and their, their wife is going to have a dead sea scrolls a litany of complaints and shit to be done. And, you know, I talked with my wife about it and, you know, your sister-in-law and I'm like, look, when women ambush you like that, it is fucking infuriating, especially when you've been working your ass off. Just give me a fucking little bit to take my uniform off, put some goddamn clothes on chill out for a second and I'll fucking get to this stuff coupled with, Hey, uh, Jack, you have to do what you need to do before you fucking walk through that goddamn door to be ready to transition from the work fight to the husband, dad, caretaker of home, lover of my wife fight, which is an entirely different battlefield. Right. And I talk to a lot of guys and I used to, you know, uh, come home in civilian attire, which would put me in a different mindset. I, I remember putting a basketball in my truck. And at one point my hockey is stick and a bunch of pucks and I would go bang, uh, clap bombs at the side of this fucking warehouse for about 10 minutes before I would get home or I'd go stop at the park, shoot some hoops real quick, quick. And I can go into that nothing box right there. And she doesn't have to witness it. Now I'm in my good spot. I, I get home. I don't mouth the words motherfucker in, in the parking uh, space. And I walk through the door and I'm ready to transition because I've put the work in to make that transition a planned literal event where a lot of men, they don't do anything about it. They just go in and they take the shotgun blast to the face. Yeah. So I, there's two sides of that equation. It's not okay for the wife to do that. But it's also not okay for the man to sit there like a fucking lump of shit on the couch. You uh, you brought up a, a point that reminded me of, of some of our early um, conflicts. So when he used to do security um, and shit would go awry at the house, I would text him like all the shit that was going on. <laughs> And, oh, and, and there is nothing that he can do. Oh, that's in, a horrible feeling in Dubai when 
you know, all these things. And it was before kids even, but just whatever yeah. was going on in my life, whatever drama or stress or problems with the house. And, and it would cause a fight because it would stress him out. There's nothing he can do. And then fast forward to parenthood when he was not working and with, you know, newborn Cameron and I'm training five clients in a row across town at the gym. I, there is nothing I can do to help that baby right here. And so he would hit me with these, this is going on and this is going on. And he's, you know, been crying for this long. And that would stress me the fuck out because what can I do? I have my hands full of clients. And you've got the maternal instinct where you're like, now I'm at work, but now I I kind of feel like deep down, I'm failing my kid. Like I'm not a good mom. Yeah. So, and of course I don't believe that about you. You're, you're a wonderful mother. So we had, we had many conversations about not doing the unload like yeah. that, like via text when you get a text and, and then we still slip up sometimes like he'll hit me with, I'm looking for this and I can't fucking find it. Blah, blah, blah. Why can't the house be this? And I'm like, what do you want me to do about it right now? I am literally 40 minutes across town and you're looking for a fucking blender cup. I can't help you. We, we call that uh, a, a lot of guys in, in the arena that I'm in call that emotional vomiting. And, uh, you know, very, your nice guys are, they bottle, 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 bottle until it explodes. And then it's just, uh, uh, it comes off very feminine and not very masculine. And it is a huge turnoff to women. And they tend to kick you in the fucking balls when you you are like that. But I, I can definitely relate. You know, when I was deployed numerous times, Afghanistan, Iraq, especially Afghanistan, when I had multiple kids, uh, my wife would get on on, uh, you know, uh, Skype or would hit me up on the phone or I'd talk to her on the phone. And this is a common thing I hear from guys all over. But she just like you talked about she would give her litany of complaints and everything. And what I tell guys is don't try to fix that woman's problems. Shut the fuck up. Listen to it for the 45 fucking minutes. Just listen, shut the fuck up and be an active listener. Then at the end of it, when you find the woman finally says, Hey, well, uh, husband, Oh mine, what would you do in that situation? What do you think about that? Now she is eliciting feedback. Don't try to just jump in and cut her off and fix her problems because women get highly fucking pissed off about that. And it ends up turning into something I call a knife fight, which is that text that you were talking about. Like uh, I I have a rule with my wife. If we're going to go at it, it will not be over any communication platform other than a phone. And that will be very, very rare. Like literally we're separated by physical distance. Uh, I'm, I'm in one country. She is in another do it in person. Uh, because so much of communication is left out and women are master communicators and talk in sub communication. Like the term hookup can mean eight different things to a woman. It means about one thing for guys, you know, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity in female language and things like that. And it gets lost in translation when we're uh, fighting over text. Uh, you know, the, 
the huge, I've got a meme about it that I love to post, but I, I put a firm boundary up. You do not argue over text. Hey, if, if my wife uh, starts uh, hemming and hawing over text, I say, Hey babe, we can talk about this at this time at home. Uh, but we're not fucking doing it over, uh, uh, you know, Facebook messenger or, and she knows now and she didn't like it at first, but I, I particularly don't give a fuck, uh, about that. It's not about what you you need. That's super important. And I'm sure, you know, she's realized now the importance of it. Steve and I used to have to, so when he would be overseas and we would be on completely different time zones, there was this app called glide and it would send, um, kind of like a voicemail, but it was a video message and it was message threads. And when we would get in an argument, I would literally have to like set my phone up in the windowsill with the best lighting, of course, <laughs> and argue at the phone with no one on the other end and send this argument video. <laughs> and, and I'm sure you see how completely ridiculous and stupid as fuck that is. Today. But it, it, it was our only option, you know, it was better than a text. So, but yeah, it, uh, we're, we're the same way that, that arguments don't take place with the, with the blender snafu last week, I, <laughs> I responded back. I'll find that cup in five seconds and well, I came home well, and mom was here and he was like, well, your mom watched me look. And I go, mom, I guarantee he man looked cause I'm about to find this cup. Yeah. Cabinet, guaranteed. I found and that you just up. have to laugh about it. You know, I can spot a, a fucking deer at a thousand yards, but I can't spot a bottle of ketchup 18 inches in front of my fucking head. Yeah. You know, it, it happens to me and you, you just have to, you know, calm yourself down. And, but I try to be, uh, you know, pull myself out of the, the neediness as much as I possibly can rid myself of needing my wife for or much of anything as much as I can. And I've, I tend to believe we are both much, much, much more happy uh, with that. Let me uh, move into another question for you. What advice do you have for the men that uh, aren't A-type guys who are married to an A-type woman? So they're your more beta guys or gamma guys are more reserved, introverted, um, the nice guys, things like that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my advice would be to find uh, a passion or something that drives you. Um, I think we can all agree that. Oh, man. That, if, <laughs> boy, do we not talk about that in dad starting over path and purpose direction for your life? Sounds uh, like uh, good advice from sister. <laughs> I mean, motivation is, is super attractive. Um, no one wants to be with a DNB. So a do nothing bitch. And that can be. Uh, I, I have now. another term for it. Uh, I, I call it uh, AFC, average fucking chump. Yeah, I mean. That's, uh, me and uh, you know who my best friend is. I don't want to throw his name out here. But uh, that crazy fucker, we used to uh, point at guys all the time like, look at that fucking chump. A AFC motherfucker right there. Yeah, DMB. I like it. Like same, I would, same meaning. I would say, you know, even if, so let's say you're a stay at home dad, like that's, that's fine, but you need to have a hobby, a passion or be actively working towards something that gives you motivation and energy, or you're just going to turn into 
the the DNB or the chump or the sloth or whatever. Um, you got to be actively bettering yourself and have a passion. Yeah, I, I like it. So now let me give the polarity of that. What advice would you give women who are A-type a women that may struggle letting go, letting the husband in into that leadership role? What do you think about that? What advice would you give them or any comments you have on that? Um, I think you have to find the respect and the role that your partner has. Um, you know, if if you guys have leadership, if, if you each have different leadership roles, that's fine. It doesn't like, I would argue that it doesn't have to be an absolute, like one person is the, the leader of all. Um, I think you have to know, um, know where your leadership lies and really respect to the other person and their roles. And I'm also a big, um, a big fan. I don't know how you guys feel about the love languages, um, uh, it, it's very, oh, I could go into a whole spiel about that. I, I think there are a few good things that I got out of that book, but as a whole, it is not helpful for men. Women love it. It is probably the quintessential relationship book, but I think he put it in a very feminine and non-practical tone and, uh, men would serve themselves much better of the practicality of, Hey, you know, the, the reason why she's not fucking you, bud is because she doesn't uh, respect you because you're 200 pounds overweight because you sit on the couch all the time. You have no path and purpose in life, that kind of shit. Uh, knowing that her, her love language is acts of service. Okay. What is the nice guy going to do? He's going to buy her fucking flowers every day. And she's still not going to do anything uh, to not be a total bitch. Well, so I guess I, I'm well, that, that's it. my take on it for yeah. a lot of the men we work with for, I will say that I did get things out of the book, but it was more from the emotional intelligence, uh, realm, something that I actively work on, um, myself because I, I was at one point very low, give a fuck on the EI and Hey, uh, very go fuck yourself, uh, mode. And to a degree, I still am, but I, I, I care a lot more how, how I project myself and I understand the importance and how to be effective within that realm. I've, I've done a lot of self-work in that. So I think for A-type guys to kind of learn that is good, but for your very, uh, your nice guys and shit like that, it's just going to double down on all the fucking mistakes they're making already. My yeah, opinion. I haven't I, like I haven't read the entire book. I just um, know kind of the the premise of it, and and looking at it from a surface level, I think there are some important takeaways of just being. I think I took away the being self aware of what um, things. I guess so. Take parenting, right? Um, and if if I am a um, words of affirmation. I find myself constantly, um, trying to show love with words of affirmation to my kids, but maybe quality time is what I should be focusing on. So it just it brought a little bit of self-awareness to me and how I, um, show, 
um, show up for the people in my life and not necessarily taking it super, super seriously. But like you said, it just brought a little self-awareness to like that emotional intelligence and kind of why some of the, the things I do are because I like them receiving those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what speaks to the person. So it just brought more self-awareness for me and for how I treat other people. Oh, definitely. I'll have to, um, get you and your husband a copy of the dead bedroom fix, which is the most popular book. Uh, it is the leading book on the topic. Uh, basically, uh, married men, uh, that their bedroom dries up and it really is a men's self-improvement book. Uh, but the, the hook of the book is if she doesn't respect you, she's not fucking you. And this is, uh, something that is very important to men, especially, I, I believe that a lot of women, you know, want to have uh, a very good sex life too. And, you know, especially within the confines of a long-term relationship or a marriage, it's very important, the physicality of it. And we address that in that book. And, um, you know, and there, there's a couple other books now, what, you know, men coming out of uh, uh, divorce and things like that. And then Red Flags, which, uh, you know, a family member of ours uh, needs to uh, commit to memory and probably, uh, you know, staple to his forehead. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that that book, The Dead Bedroom Fix, I think if you were going to put those two books side by side, The Dead Bedroom Fix is a much better, more practical read. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure you get a chance to read that. And I think you'd agree uh, for most men, it is um, from a man logic standpoint, it is a much better literal raw book that you can put into action very, very quickly and improve your own life. Yeah. And let me, um, let me ask one more question and then we'll kind of wrap it up here. Any, any other advice you want to give about the elements of a healthy marriage to men from the female perspective? Like I, I said, men love to hear the women talk uh, on our program. Yeah, um, I would say, oh, everyone's going to get sick of hearing this, but uh, a good, healthy marriage to me is constant work and constant communication. So um, just because you walk down that aisle and get married doesn't mean it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have to constantly work at yourself, constantly work together, um, check in, or have your goals changed. Um, I also believe just because you got married doesn't mean you have to stay married. Sometimes people change. And like you said, you know, one person is, is working, working, working to get better. And then the other person becomes, um, you know, DNB. yeah, yeah DNB. And it can create some hostility because jealousy and resentment and all these really negative feelings start to come up when the other person is succeeding. Um, and so if you guys are not on a path, towards the same end goal. Um, I have a, a good friend um, from our hometown that from photos, right, from a, a surface level, they looked like they were a really happy, healthy marriage. They had four beautiful boys. Um, you know, they both had great jobs. They went to church together. Like you would think that they were great, um, but they just got a divorce. And I sat down and uh, I had a beer with him the last time I was back home. And he, uh, he let me know that his wife was spending all his money. She had a great career. 
but she was blowing all their money and he was trying to buy investment properties and save money for their kids' futures. And they didn't have, they no longer had the same end goal and they had been together for 12 years, but she was just blowing all their money. And, you know, I'm sure there were other issues too, but that oh, end goal- was probably using it as a, a coping mechanism because of her shitty marriage. Yeah. Uh, we, we see that a lot. And, and I want to uh, take a moment and uh, definitely agree with you on the self-improvement. The way we kind of define it in Dad's Starting Over, uh, uh, the definition of a healthy marriage is two healthy people that would be good on their own, but are great, even better when they're together and are committed for the duration of their life in the relationship to work on themselves, each other, and the marriage. That yeah. is how we define it. And I think you had a shorter version of that, but I, I felt the, the, the pertinent information, the essence of it was definitely the same. Yeah, that's super important that both, both people are really successful um, individually as far as, you know, whether, you know, they're uh, freaking stay at home, like has a passion for knitting and is really good at that and, and has this this independent passion and then the other spouse has this independent passion over here and they're both, you know, working towards themselves. And then when they come together, they're both really successful together. You, you just have to have your own independent, like you can have hobbies together, but you have to have hobbies and things that, that drive you and, and that's uh, motivating for you that you can work towards. Um, and then I, I'm going to say it, but, um, elements of a healthy marriage to men, like you got to work out, you got to be healthy. You have to be able-bodied and capable. I want my man to be stronger than me. And while I know that there's probably not a lot of guys in this group whose wives are deadlifting over 300 pounds, you should be stronger than your wife and you should be um, able-bodied. Like all the shit that's going on in the country right now. Uh, I mean, if shit were to hit the fan, are you strong enough? Are you capable enough? Do you have firearms knowledge? Do you have hand-to-hand -hand combat knowledge? Like all those things uh, make a man, in my opinion, like I want to know that if, you know, my house is getting broken into that I can go um, grab a firearm and go in the kid's room and keep them safe and know that my husband's gonna, you know, have boots on the ground in the rest of the house. So yeah. You hit on a big thing and, and I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm sure everybody that will listen to this is like, oh my God, Jack is loving this. Yeah, I am. Uh, you're, 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 but you're hitting on a very big thing. Women want security. They want, th that is probably uh, in our, you know, in the work we do when we talk to, to women and, you know, everyday life, they always allude to just like you did uh, very directly you want physical security, you want life security, you want financial security. That is a very good thing because the, the average man is generally stronger in most areas than uh, a strong physical woman, uh, just anatomically the way we're built. So when you're a man that can handle your shit and you don't have to be freaking, you know, uh, I'm think, trying to uh, John Wick or something with guns, but have be able to defend yourself and your family 
and you know have you know we also uh christy just to let you know we i mean we've got men all over the world a shitload of australians a lot of canadians uh a lot of europeans south africans uh and then um south americans uh countries too a lot i mean we're all over now and so those different laws you know a lot of the things you said uh may not uh, i mean you know take it for what it is but what what you're really saying is you need to be able to handle business when business needs to be handled and you know defend yourself defend your family and your home yeah yeah for sure like listing off those countries like i know uh the gun laws and things are are much different in in most of those other countries but you know knowing hand-to-hand combat like if your wife's getting bullied or you see someone getting picked on like you can step in and take charge and handle the situation with your hands you know so um yeah just be be able-bodied and capable um i know that there's oh god what's his name i think his name's chad wright um he's like taking men out into the wilderness now and doing these clinics essentially because we have lost our way or men have kind of lost their way in a lot of ways as as far as like do you know how to build a fire do you know how to build shelter in the woods like you know we were fortunate to grow up in a house where we spent our weekends out in the woods and we learned how to make a fire and we learned how to build shelters and we learned how to do all those things but if i meet a guy and he's like i don't know how to start a fire like (laughs) like well what like what if like what you know i cave is gonna be awfully cold woman yeah, like Steve thinks that I'm like a do not a doomsday prepper, but anytime a situation happens, I'm like, Steve, what if this? And then I just lay out the craziest scenario and I map it out. And I'm like, if shit hits the fan, we're packing up this, 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 this. We're taking these people. These people suck. They're weak. They'd slow us down. We're hightailing <laughs> it to this location. And I think like that, but I need to know that my man is capable. And so if you like ask yourself, do you know how to start a fire right now? <laughs> So. so I'm going to ask you one last question and it's going to be a real fun one. I think you're going to think it's fucking funny. You go on the internet and you can find, you can find uh, a million videos of this on YouTube where women will justify why they like the dad bod. So give me your thoughts, fit bod or dad bod why and why you think these women are lying out of their ass uh to about the dad bod okay well i i I would say steve has a combo of a fit bod and a dad bod i mean he does not have a six-pack right um and so i will speak on this um my last few uh exes were very like ripped and shredded um and Steve is probably the, like, from a stomach area, like the, the softest and more, more close to the dad bod than I've ever like dated. Um, and so here's, here's where I think that that thought comes from. So in my past relationship, he was so focused on every like striation and ab and physique and steroids and all of that. And he was just so focused on that. And there wasn't a lot of room for like fun. Now with Steve, he is down to order a pizza. He's down to go get some beers. Like he's okay. If 
you know, he misses a workout or two. Like I'm more the psycho that's like, no, I can't miss my workout, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, but I would say there's it from my experience, there's a little bit more like fun and flexibility with the dad bod. Um, but a full on like sloppy dad bod is not attractive at all. But I think that's kind of where the, the idea comes from. Like if you're married to a, a bodybuilder and I'm going extreme, like a bodybuilder that, that walks on stage at shows, you're not having a lot of flexibility with that. And it's not very fun. Whereas a dad bod, you can get a little bit more fun in. So we, we talk to guys all, all the time about that. You know, the number one step, number one in the dead bedroom fix, when we talk about self-improvement is get your ass in shape, <laughs> look the part, dress the right way and get your fucking diet under control. Yeah. We talk about that. That was step number one. Why? Because the mating game is shallow, baby. It's all about looks and don't hate the, the player hate the fucking game because it is the way it is. If you look the part that that's step number one, you can see further than you can uh, any of your other senses. Right. And, and just women want to be able to say, Hey, that's my man over there. You know, yeah. the, Hey, I see a big guy, you know, but what we don't tell guys is you must have a six pack. You must, yeah. uh, you know, me, I've, I've got like a four pack going on. Right. You know, yeah. I'm, and that's I'm, like, that's like, so I guess I'm I should strong, say I'm functionally fit. And I also do the things you were talking about. I go to the gym Monday to Friday, sometimes on the weekend, but my life, you're talking about an extreme guy that his life revolves around that gym. He's one dimensional and yeah. your husband. Now you're talking really about balance. You know, yeah. your husband is functionally fit. He is a, a very big man, I will tell you that. And as in tall, uh, built, I mean, he is strong as fuck. He is a, yeah. a big dude. If he wants to fight you, I guarantee you don't want to fucking fight this guy. Uh, you fight this guy with a fucking rocket launcher, probably, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and he does look like the God of War, you know. For some people, he would, I would say for a lot of men, would be highly intimidated by him. Yeah. But, uh you're talking about balance and being generally healthy and fit, which is what we tell guys. We yeah, do we're... not tell them you must have a six pack or uh, you're, you're, you know, doomed to never have any romantic relationships in your life. <laughs> that, that is fucking crazy, you know? All right. Well, I want to go ahead and wrap it up. Christy, uh, uh, go ahead and tell us again who you are, uh, where, where you work, what you own, and then tell us a little bit about uh, the special program you're running for Dad Starting Over. Yeah, so uh, first off, I had a great conversation. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun being on here. I uh, hope you gained something from, from my, my little life story here. But um, I own FitLV Fitness and Nutrition. Um, my home base is in Las Vegas, but um, over the last almost two years now, I've really shifted my business to the remote space because it allows me to work with so many more people than just um, those local to Vegas. Um, and so with that, I, I do online um, nutrition and fitness coaching. So I write up workout programs that have 
um, a, a strong, so me personally, I have a strong background in um, powerlifting, um, bodybuilding, CrossFit. Uh, I've been in the, the fitness space for 11 years now. And so my programming, my, my workouts are very much a, a really solid balance of, you know, your traditional strength movements, your squat, your bench, your deadlift, your press, and then there's hints of bodybuilding and then some high intensity CrossFit um, Metcons at the end. And so it's a really, really solid workout program that's all streamed through an app that has, um, you know, videos uploaded, warmups uploaded, mobility flows, uh, myself and my coach Jess upload new videos every month. Um, and then additionally, I'm a macro coach. So I find um, I, I really listen to each client and learn about their routine, how much they're eating, what their goals are. And then I say, Hey, you're not eating enough protein for your goals. You're not eating enough carbs. You're not eating enough fat or Holy shit. You are eating 500 grams of carbs too much. That's why you have the extreme dad body you have. I educate on how alcohol plays a role into goals and how to um, balance alcohol with um, your fitness and nutrition goals. Um, and it's all done through an app. And then the cool part is you get to communicate with me every week um, through the app um, as far as, you know, how your week went. What can we do to improve? What are your goals for the next week ahead? How are you going to make sure that those aren't just words that you're actually following up with action? Um, and so I'm your accountability buddy in this program. Um, and for the rest of the year, starting in October, I'm running a three-month special um, for you guys. And it comes with one 30 minute coaching call. So that can be over zoom or it can be over the phone, but I just want to get to know you as an individual so I can help customize um, the program and really understand how I can best show up for you and communicate with you. Some of my clients um, want me to be extremely straightforward. Um, tell me where I'm fucking up and other clients, I take a little bit of a different approach. So that's what where that um, coaching call comes in handy. Um, I've sent Jack the link um, for this. It's a DSO promo um, for three months of fitness and nutrition coaching with me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on here, Christy. I love you to death. Can't wait to see you and the family again. And until next time, boys, Jack London out of here. Have a good see you one. Guys. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, 
along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.